Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. My name is Steve. I am your host, and my co-host is Kyle. Say hello, Kyle. Howdy ho! And tonight, we're actually going to be doing something a little different. We're going to be talking about the current state of wrestling, you know, how we see it. Some things that are good, some things that are bad, some things that may be somewhat good but may still need need to be improved. Now, obviously, the things that are bad need to be improved, if not just taken out completely. Um, and this should be an interesting show because everybody who's a wrestling fan has their opinions. That includes Kyle and myself. Uh, and, and for the most part, I think we do agree on some things, but not always. And we've proven that, and it actually makes for a pretty interesting show. Um, but before we start... Um, I want to go ahead and give it our contact info. If you ever want to email us, just email us at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast, on Twitter at bookingarmchair, or on iHeartRadio. We're on Stitcher. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Have I missed anything, Kyle? No, I think you covered everything tonight. All right. And – just in some recent news, um, I know Kyle and I both were kind of upset when we heard about Tracy Smothers passing. Uh, great wrestler, you know, he um, he may not have been a world champion, but he was definitely respected, and the world, the wrestling world, was definitely going to um, miss him. And Kyle, was there any other news this week as far as wrestling, good or bad? No. Can't really say there's a mystery signing coming from AEW. It's supposed to appear next week. Not uh, nothing. Oh, okay. I mean, well, and I did make it onto the Thunderdome three times now, and I have not been on TV yet. Because believe me, when I get on TV, I will be absolutely just letting everybody know. So, like. So, Kyle, before we get into this, um, I, actually, I do want to mention one other thing. I was actually interviewed yesterday for a, another podcast um, from a gentleman named Jordan, and he actually – his podcast, Let me, and I had it right in front of me, and I let my phone um, um, time out. Um, yeah. Where's it at? Where's it at? I, I posted a link for it if anybody wants to. His podcast is the Jordan Garber Now Podcast. Thank you. Yeah, you found it before I did. Yep, Jordan Garber, nice young man. Um, you know, he's he's been doing his podcast now for, well, longer than what we've been doing ours. And uh, we had a great conversation last night. Um, unfortunately, Kyle, I know you had um, other commitments and you weren't able to make it. But, I mean, it was kind of last minute, so – uh, and you know, understandable. I mean, it was it was kind of hard to hook up <laughs> as it was, and you know, because we have uh, with his schedule, you know, his work schedule and all. I mean, it is it was very hard to um, get the conversation rolling. And so when he hit me, I say, "Hey, can you do it then?" And that's when I hit you up. I was like, "Oh, I can't make it then." But but I mean, at least we finally did something. And hopefully, you know, he will be a caller tonight whenever he can. I've passed the number to him. And if anybody else wants to call, also, you know, give us a ring. We're always here to listen to you. So, Kyle, um, before 
we get started, I will go ahead and we will have our first commercial break. And we are back. Hopefully, if I was able to actually add the adverts after the, the show is done. So, Kyle, I know you're looking forward to this quite a bit, the current state of wrestling. So, my, go ahead and give, hello, us a, give us a start. My fellow wrestling fans, if you're not ashamed, the state of wrestling today sucks. I've never been so embarrassed that I am a casual wrestling fan. Can you name a worthy storyline in any promotion that you would be willing to talk to someone else about? Wow. Uh, Yeah, that is kind of a tough one. I mean, don't sugarcoat it. I mean, just tell us how you feel. Um, I know, right? Warm. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I'd never thought about it like that. You know, which storylines would we uh, basically would say, okay, you know, I like watching wrestling. Okay, here, watch this particular angle. You know, this storyline, it'll it'll get you hooked. And you're right, I cannot honestly think of any right now. Um, now, granted, I mean, I'll admit I have actually missed AEW the past few weeks. Um, and I traditionally watch AEW, uh, WWE, and then NXT when I get a chance. Um, you know, I'm not much on Ring of Honor or Impact. Nothing against them. It's just I'm trying to fit a lot of things into my schedule. And hopefully one day in the future I'll be able to fit them in as well. Um, but out of the two organizations, you know, most of WWE, yeah, I can't think of any anything I'd say, yo, go check it out. The Thunderdome maybe, but just because it's a very – interesting concept and ingenious the way they set that up to where they actually do have an audience there because the talent, you know, the wrestlers themselves, they need that audience. They need to have the audience reaction. It, it helps them work better. Um, but I can't even say Bray Wyatt stuff because it, it, um, it, it almost seems like it's dragging some, if that makes any sense. I would rather watch the five minute YouTube highlight clip for Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown, then put up with two or three hours of garbage on television every night. Well, the one storyline that I think definitely needs to go right now is the one with the Mysterios bringing, you know, Ray Mysterio's daughter in there, supposedly having a relationship with Buddy Murphy. I don't know if they actually are in real life, but but it's part of the storyline. And that one, I'm not, you know, keen on. I'm just like, okay, spare me the, the, the real soap opera, you know, garbage. I don't need it. You know, don't want to see it. Um, now, Dominic Mysterio is very good in the ring. I don't know um, if you agree. Um, but for somebody who's just starting, basically, I mean, kid's good. He's really good. For for a rookie, yeah, I mean he's still got some learning, but I mean he he doesn't look as green as what somebody you know with his experience level should have. But oh, fantastic! Hey, oh, sorry, I just got a message. Somebody told me they could actually hear us live. Yeah, 
Thanks, TJ. Appreciate it, bud. Anyway, go ahead. Think about what's on television tonight. Um, Monday night, who has a character that's developed? Um, uh, well, well, the Miz was out there. His character is pretty established. Uh, Randy Orton, uh, Jeff Hardy, even though his uh, current wrestling gear looks like, you know, um, like spearmint gum, um, or like he the rainbow like gum. He got waterboarded in a can of tie dye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never, <laughs> never thought about it like that, but yeah. Um, but, but legitimately. What is Buddy Murphy's motivation? Oh, Buddy Murphy right now, his motivation, um, besides, you know, trying to break out from being Seth Rollins' lackey, you know, um, yeah, I don't know, because I can't think of Ray Mysterio's daughter's name. I just you know say, hey, Ray's daughter, Aaliyah. Aaliyah. I'm telling you, man, I'm getting old, older. Um, but uh, outside of Bray Wyatt with the Firefly Funhouse that we disagree on, and maybe Alexa Bliss, and only through her visual expressions, do you have any idea? of character development, any semblance of character development. Now, because they hotshot everything. They don't give the storylines really time to mature enough before they're having, you know, their matches at the next pay-per-view and they're having the pay-per-view so often. It used to be they had the big four because, well, it was the only four. Um, And then they added the fifth one. You know, because with, with the big four, of course, Mania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and the Royal Rumble. Then they added the King of the Ring later on and took it away. But those were the pay-per-views. And so they gave all the angles. They gave the feuds time to mature. Then, you know, when they had the match, it actually meant something. It was after months and months of buildup. Now it's after weeks of buildup. And, you know, where, like you said, where's your motivation for watching that? But uh, continue and, on, sir. And go to Friday night. Okay, they finally make Roman Reigns a heel. Which was two years, you know, um, or two or three years, really, you know, too late. I mean, it's working now, I guess, but that's something I was saying, you know, two, three years ago was exactly – the fans are booing him, make him a heel, giving Paul Heyman as a mouthpiece because Roman's promos were just absolute trash. I mean, he got in there, he said, suffer and suck a tash, fool. And I'm thinking, but, who, literally, who wrote that to have him talking like Sylvester the Cat from Warner Brothers? But you have Roman Reigns as a heel, and you're going to do this Samoan the bloodline or whatever they're going to call it and they're going to say tribal chief 
there's no one being built up to wrestle against him. And if they don't get the rock at WrestleMania, this storyline is for what? I know that's the rumor that they're going to try to get the rock to come back at WrestleMania. I just don't know if they could pull something like that off because the rock is the highest paid entertainer in Hollywood right now. And yeah, wrestling is his first love supposedly, but would you come back just for this one time appearance? I mean, are they doing it for buys? No, they have the network. You know, they don't really rely on people buying the pay-per-views anymore. Now they might rely on the casual fan coming back you know, especially since SmackDown is on regular terrestrial TV. If you don't, and, and even this, if let's say you do get The Rock at WrestleMania, what good will it do if Roman doesn't beat him at WrestleMania? Right. I mean, what? It, it's not going to do anything for Roman either way. So you build up a, a bloodline and this tribal chief thing. Who's the the counter? Maybe the Moa Joe. I, that I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, because he's the only. Samoan that I know of that's not part of that family, the the Anawai'i family. But you go through it, so we we just briefly covered on WWE storylines. Can you name a WWE wrestler who is cool? <laughs> Define cool. When we were kids, you could wear a Hulk Hogan shirt to school, and that was cool. Oh, um, just judging by my kids' school. A Stone Cold shirt. Let's see. Um, well, Rusev is no longer in the WWE uh, because I have a Rusev Day shirt, and so does my son. Um, let's see. Elias... Sort of, and even though they, so hmm? Elias. When um, was the last time Elias won a match? Oh well, he just came back again, so I don't know because he just got beat by Jeff Hardy in a guitar right. on a pole in a guitar on a pole match. But and you know what's uh, kind of funny? I'm going to go through the list that I made. Um, I did this list three years ago, roughly, and it was right after one of the pay-per-views. And you know, um, you'll see why I kind of figured out it was three years ago that I did this list. But and there is um, 17 kind of things I said they should maybe uh, change the WWE, in the WWE. Number one, the product may be scripted, but it should be treated as if everything was a shoot. You think that maybe it's still kind of an issue today, in a way, sort of? 
Well, who in the past you had tough guys who became wrestlers. How many wrestlers right now look like they've actually been in a fight? Not as many as what it used to be. Um, but let's see. Number two, I'll, I don't think this is really an issue so much in the WWE. I could see it becoming an issue in AEW because remember AEW wasn't a thing when I first made this. Uh, those in executive positions should stay in those positions. Stepping out of office and into the ring three times a year and beating someone who is a full-time performer hurts that performer and by extension the product. Obviously, I'm well, referring to Triple H with his yearly WrestleMania appearances and his other, you know, um, one-off appearances where he comes out and beats somebody who does it year-round. And it makes them, makes the other wrestlers look bad because you you just got beat by a guy from the office. I don't care, I mean, how big he is. I don't care how talented, you know, he still only does this just one or two times a year and you do this every day and he just beats you. Well, that goes into a bigger issue that part-time stars. Oh, that's <laughs> for full-time stars. Oh, well, my very next thing, stop bringing old talent out of retirement and having them headlining pay-per-views. Is there something wrong with the newer talent? Do you not trust them? That, that no, kinda... you're not using the new talent correctly. Because the old talent, if you bring in Triple H, it should be to put someone new over to give them a rub. And they don't get a rub by being in the ring with them. You get over by beating people. And one of the things, you look at, um, obviously not this past WrestleMania because of, you know, the whole COVID thing, but you look at all the previous like four or five WrestleManias, I'd have to go look. The longest match in the card has been Triple H almost every time. And not and not just the WrestleManias, but when they went over to Saudi Arabia, same thing. Who had the longest match in the card? Triple H. Why? Purpose of having him do that because he's having these thirty minute matches and some of the other talent are only having maybe fifteen minutes at the most. And if you're saying that they can't handle a match that long, well, maybe they should be trained better. Who's in, you know, they have a training department, NXT. Who's in charge of NXT? Triple H. Yeah, it's a conspiracy. The plot, the plot thickens. Um, uh, number four. <laughs> number four. Um, and this actually is still going on today. Combine the Universal and World, you know, slash WWE titles, the champion represents both brands. The Intercontinental and U.S. champions are automatic number one contenders. Don't make the belts meaningless props. I disagree. And that's because you have two networks who are paying for unique shows. Right. And this was done before all that. So uh, so now they do treat it more like two separate brands. Because you remember a couple of years ago when they did the brand split, they still had these crossovers, and it really didn't feel like it was that much of a split because, you had, oh, they're on loan or they got this waiver, and they made it out to be more than what it actually was. But now, because, like you said, they have 
you know, ones on Fox Sports or the Fox Network. When they can't have it on there, they have it on Fox Sports. And the other one being on USA, you know, so you do kind of have to have that split. So, I mean, I can get that now. Um, although, I mean, I think having the WW, you know, having the main champ, you know, going back and forth, I mean, it, it was almost like the territory days when you had the traveling champion. It was You could almost have the same concept, and they're only going between two shows. They're not going to 11 different territories. Um but the next one is also about titles. It's number five, title holders should defend the titles. No more of this part-time champion BS. Um, we're going to call this the Steve uh, Brock Lesnar rule. <laughs> what gave you that idea? What gave you? <laughs> what made you think that, Kyle? To, just just enough to know to know <laughs> your wrestling fandom is unable to appreciate or grasp the stardom that is Brock Lesnar. Well, he's so, not even he's not even in the WWE anymore anyway. He let his contract and, lapse and now he's running his farm and more power to and, him. And ratings are down. They were down within there too though. Um but when Brock Lesnar appeared on your screen ratings went up. If they enhanced him. Well, and, had, and that's, had Brock Lesnar put over Drew McIntyre in front of a crowd, that would have been a different moment. Kind of similar to when Drew McIntyre uh, Claymore kicked him out of the ring at the Royal Rumble. Right. You got that, uh, that pop was huge. And that's how you create a star. You use a star to create a star. This goes to the CM Punk argument that if you're going to bring back part-time talent, you should use them to put over. And they did. And they actually did that pretty well. And I I understood Lesnar not uh, traveling back and forth because, I mean, he does reside in Canada now. And there would be – it would be a lot harder for him to travel because of all the restrictions uh, but, I mean, from what I heard, I mean, he's running his farm up on his, like, 1,000-acre uh, piece of land that he has where he has his house plop right in the middle of it where he, because he doesn't want – you know, he doesn't like people. But, I mean, he grew up on a dairy farm, so it's not like that's something new to him. So I imagine he probably knows how to run one pretty well. Uh, um, you know, if you bring in – and granted, Booker T was there. Kevin Nash came back. Um, there are others that have come back for one-offs. The Undertaker, Kane, Shawn Michaels came back for Saudi Arabia, Triple H. And what do you do? You take those four and you put them against each other. Where's the new, the next star? And see, that was where, I don't know if you want to call it positive about the COVID, their contract that they had with Saudi Arabia, you know, when it came out that Saudi Arabia had paid them so much money for so many shows over so many years, and, well, they wanted to see specific people. Well, some of those people are no longer wrestling, so they're bringing them back just 
you know, to get those large crowds there in their stadium there, was it Riyadh? Yeah. And, and for the right price, they'll all wrestle. But you can go all the way back to 2005 with Hulk Hogan. Imagine Randy Orton if he beat Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam. Wasn't 2005 the SummerSlam where Hogan went against Shawn Michaels? That could have been. Uh, I'm throwing out a random year. Uh, But you get the point. Again, Hogan won that one. There's the old Andre the Giant, and he passed the torch. Hogan passed the torch to The Rock. Which is the way way it should be. Like you said, the older guys on their way out, they put somebody over. And that doesn't happen because Triple H can't put over anyone. Now, granted, they, there has been another argument to say, oh, well, look at all his WrestleMania. Look at his WrestleMania record. He actually has a losing record at WrestleMania. And to me, it's not necessarily that. It's the fact that he's taking up you – know, he's using his time for these half-hour matches. These half-hour matches, that time could be used for at least two matches with some of the other superstars that want their own WrestleMania moment. But – Look, when you look at his record, um, who the Ultimate Warrior? Yeah, he did. The, the, under, <laughs> the Undertaker, Undertaker uh, three times. times. Yeah, at least three times. John Cena, Chris Benoit, and then who? Who did he beat? Uh, Roman Reigns beat him a couple years back. Uh, Daniel but, Bryan, Daniel Bryan also beat him, right? But he should have lost to Booker T at the WrestleMania in Houston. You know that was an absolute travesty, um, and there have been accusations about Triple H or specifically Paul Levesque. I don't want to get into the accusations, but with the way that happened. I could see why somebody would think that uh, because that was just absolutely ridiculous. And it wasn't just that he beat him. He beat him clean, and then he, he did his move but didn't pin him for a while. You know, Booker T just laid there, you know, then pinned him one, two, three, and it really buried Booker T like beyond belief. And then there was some other stuff like with the promos that Triple H was doing that I thought kind of crossed some lines. Um, and before, you know, we <laughs> make this a little more controversial than what it needs to be, I'll just kind of leave it at that. Um, because Booker T, you know, great wrestler and deserved to be treated a lot better than what he got treated. So, um, but I will say real quick before we move on, it's, it is actually time for our next commercial break. So we'll go ahead and we will do that right now so we can kind of collect our thoughts. And we are back, and our truth is on my TV, telling the truth. Uh, he's saying what's up. Anyway, um, and, I will you know what's my TV right now? The Buccaneers but, and the Giants. Uh, well, you have fun with that. Um, my next thing, this like I said, this is from 
three years ago, but I think this one also still applies. A finisher is a finisher, not a setup move to repeat the finisher two more times. It's been done so much now, it doesn't make the receiver look strong, or it makes the executor look weak. Agree? Disagree? Agree. And this goes to a different concept, but every match is the same. I can see, yeah, I can see that because it's punch, punch, kick, kick. We'll do the spot where one of us is outside the ring and the other one jumps over the ropes, does a flip, dive. lands on him, dive. Either that, if they don't jump over the top rope, they would jump off the top rope. Um, and if it's a tag match or multiple uh, multiple wrestler match of some kind, whether, whether it's tag or it's one of the triple threat, whatever matches that I'll get, also get into later, they all just happen to be right there where they can all catch them. And it, like you said, it gets old, and then it's finishing move. Oh, no pin them. We might finish and move. Well, no pin them. First finish and move again, and I, it gets very repetitive. I know we talked about this, the AEW pay-per-view, the most recent one, but when FTR did six tag team finishing moves and couldn't pin Kenny Omega or Hangman Page, I just... What, what's the point? Yeah, because you're not making the you're not making the recipient look strong. You know, oh, look at all the ones they kicked out of. No, you're making the person who did the move. You're making their move look weak. You and, know, it took that many times to pin this. You know, uh. and, and that goes to another issue that ties into the finishers, but the lack of selling in today's product. We, we have discussed uh, events from former lifetimes or former careers. When you punch someone in the face, there's usually a, a reaction to their face uh, or, and they swing back. Sometimes. It's, an, it's a natural human reaction. But because most of these guys have not been into physical altercations, they're into the performance, they've forgotten this aspect. And you can tell not been in a fight by how they throw a punch. Well, there are some, I think, that sell pretty well. Um, Still like Ricochet. Now, granted, that dude, I mean, when they just smack him around like every match, which is which is also a shame because I like watching Ricochet. But when he sells, he looks like somebody, you know, who's passed out in a formation at a change of command in the hot sun. And I say that because I, I saw this. It wasn't me that passed out. It was somebody else. Um, but that's what his face looks like. I mean, somebody who's passed out from heat exhaustion. So, you know? And someone else who can sell, although you don't like him as a wrestler, Brock Lesnar. Oh, Brock sells. He sells. Yeah, I mean, I'm not taking away. I'm not going to take it away his abilities. And he, yes, he can sell, and um, he may give it, but he'll he's willing to um, take it as well. Um, Some of it's 
some of the politics surrounding uh, Brock Lesnar. You know, but I mean that's <laughs> we'll get on another tangent. I mean, we already did our Brock Lesnar show, unless you want to do a part two. Um, but overall, especially in other, this is not a WWE issue. The diving thing is the NXT. This and is what they're. It's NXT and it's AEW. They're all doing the diving thing, especially with the AEW. Yeah. And Jim Ross is not a fan of it either, um, even though, you know, he works for AEW. But he's actually talked about it on his podcast, how he doesn't like it. And he said, and every match has it. And he said, you have to make it look, at least try to make it look like everything's real. But right now, everything, and I'll say this actually more about AEW than WWE, it looks very, very choreographed. Question. Yep. And, and this Another issue, the same match all the time because that's what they remember, and it's not crowd-specific. Right, and that's actually something – Okay. yes, and I can see some of their point of, well, they paid to see Ric Flair – that means they want to see him fall on his face. They want to see him get press slammed because everybody press slammed Ric Flair. They want to see him do that big backdrop where he, he doesn't land on a flat back. He lands on his right side. You know, they want to see those. That's what they paid to see. Well, no, I paid to see the match. I didn't pay to see necessarily those particular spots. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not going to pay to see something that, I could just watch on TV. You know, it's, this, not a, it's not a concert. Anyway. This, this is what they call the WWE main event style. There's five move, moves of doom and a finisher. And you could say this has existed. Bret Hart. Especially... Ultimate Warrior may have only known five moves. <laughs> yeah. But the whole Kogan matches, we, we had talked, it's always the same. And this this goes back years. Now, Austin could change it up. The Undertaker changed it up. The moves in different spots, but and, and it's hard to tell what an AEW main event match is. But that goes back to a, another wrestling issue. You bring in a new talent, and I'm going to name two most recent ones: Brian Cage, managed by Taz. And the murder hawk, Lance Hoyt, managed by Jake the Snake. Okay. So you, you're familiar with those two, right? Mm-hmm. Not as familiar with what I'd like to be, but, um, yeah, because I think Jake the Snake, I mean, I think he's definitely found his role as a manager now and a very good, just evil manager because Jake could pull it off. Yeah. Well, but they pair him with Lance, Lance Hoyt, the murder hawk monster, great name. 
great haircut. Very jealous of the hair. <laughs> when was the last time you had hair, Kyle? Twelve. <laughs> I started going bald at twelve. Is that, is that when you just started shaving it? No, it was already going bald. I was already shaving it, but I was <laughs> balding at twelve. So wow. Further details there, but you bring in you bring in the Murder Hawk Monster after a big run in New Japan. His first match, he loses to Cody Rose. What what the heck? Yeah, that does him no favors because he had no build up. You know, they just brought him in. Looks like he's going to be good, and then whoop, nope. Then you build him in the Casino Battle Royal and crushes people, and he loses to John Moxley. Okay. So, so it's kind of like Bray Wyatt. Well, I, I'm sticking with AEW for a moment. They did the same thing to Brian Cage. Except now they give him Taz's FTW title that he doesn't defend. And it's like, why? Well, that, that's, that's hard to say. Um the thing that's part of the reason why, I mean, I haven't actually caught AEW in the past few weeks is I was, not that I'm losing interest because I actually do like the product they're putting out, but when when you hear about Cody Rhodes, him leaving WWE when he did because he was getting frustrated at how they were, well, really weren't using him, and then he goes to Ring of Honor and he blows it up there. I mean, he does really well. Then he helps... Uh, for AEW and now he's an executive well it's almost like he's becoming the same as Triple H an executive who still also wrestles except for Cody obviously is a lot younger you know, so he's still you know, he may not even hit his prime yet but it's, it's becoming the product in a way that he was getting away from you know, if, that makes, if that makes any sense He's not able to get away from the perception because he is a known executive. Right. And that's the hard thing is where you do see Cody wrestling all sorts of different talents, not the just the main event guys. So he is providing exposure to lower card talent. Oh, and he still brings it. I mean, no doubt about it. Cody's an excellent wrestler. But there is a perception that their executives, the Young Bucks, have the same issue. Kenny Omega is going to have the same issue because they're executive vice presidents. I forgot about Kenny Omega uh, being in that role. So, yeah, it's all four of them. And and that's the the hard thing. We as fans 
like how long did you know Vince McMahon was the owner of the WWF? You know, I had kind of suspected a little bit uh, just based on what I was reading in some of the aftermags, but you wouldn't know it from watching the shows. But when you looked at the history, it's like, well, Vince McMahon Sr. used to be the man running the show, and then he passed everything to Vince Jr., who starts taking it nationwide. It almost became kind of obvious that Vince was the one who owned everything, and like Titan Sports was just kind of not not a placeholder, but you know, just kind of a company name only. You know, because Vince was really running the show. You know, but anyway, I, I digress. You you got the the main issue is. Everything's on the internet now. Even storylines are leaked to the internet. So are are we spoiled? Does it ruin the product because it's already on the internet? Are tape shows are basically spoiled? Before we watch them and get in, get an opinion of them. I look at it like this: um, it's not like it's the Mandalorian show, which is now, of course, and it's come back and it's on Fridays. Where if somebody comes in and spoils it before I get a chance to watch it with my son, because he and I have an agreement every Friday, new episode comes out, he and I watch it together. If somebody spoils it for me, I will probably punch him in, ne- in the neck. It's not like that. It's like when Eric Bischoff had Tony Schiavone announce, don't even bother watching Raw because they're going to have Mick Foley, of all people, win the world title. That'll put a lot of butts in seats. What immediately happened? And I was one of People changed the channel. I was one of them. I was one of them, too. Yeah, because people, even though they knew the outcome they wanted to see it happen so but it goes again you're just leading me into further complaints (laughs) i'm creating a monster we wanted it to happen we as fans want to walk with elias but he doesn't win any matches they don't listen we, to the fans enough. Even though a, couple, a few years ago, remember, Stephanie May said, we're listening to you and we're taking action or whatever what she said, and then, yeah, it didn't happen. We wanted Rusev Day, and what they do? They put Lana with Bobby Lashley and whatever the hell that was. Yeah, that – and I think that, honestly, I think that's Vince McMahon because he's still mad when Rusev and Lana got engaged and it was announced in some magazine, uh, like a Vanity Fair or some magazine I don't, you know, I really don't give two craps about, but but at the, that time they had that weird story where Lana was supposedly with Dolph Ziggler and, oh my God, what was her name? Um, 
She's no longer in the WWE. Summer, Summer Ray. Summer Ray was, was kind of supposedly with Rusev, and they were having that weird kind of love triangle, square, quadrant, whatever. And then all of a sudden they announced they're engaged, and it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, and so Vince McMahon was pretty heated about that. But I think he was still, instead of saying, look, this is going to make you money, leave your personal feelings out of it. You know? And that that's the the whole thing we wanted Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30, and they give us Blue Tista. <laughs> and they did. Blue Tista. That's remember his blue trunks. Yeah. Um. Wanted John Cena to lose to to Rusev to Bray Wyatt. Um, the Undertaker to lose to Bray Wyatt. Kevin Owens to have um a more sustained push. We don't get it. So where am I going to walk to with Elias to? Catering? Well, I don't get right now. They they literally legitimately just released an album of Elias because he's actually a pretty good musician, guitar player. And they say, hey, he's got his album. He was playing some of the songs, and they make him a heel. You're not going to sell albums if he's a heel. You know, so that, to me, from a business sense, makes no sense. If you're going to have any of your guys sell albums, you should actually have them be baby faces because the NWA Mid-Atlantic actually did this back in the day because they had the Rock and Roll Express. They had Ricky Morton you know, a couple of, couple of singles. But you have uh, the event and how many legitimate te- – is there – Something on the card for everybody. And you have the women's matches, and they're notably better. That's a positive. Because they're women's matches. They're not divas' matches. Right. But the tag team division is depleted. And that's a nice way of putting it. Well, because they don't have tag teams. They have individuals put together for a tag team match. And then you take the same cookie-cutter wrestler, and and really the only thing that changes now is their hairstyle, and you do the same cookie-cutter match, and it's it's not a surprise why the ratings are 1.8. Like, no one should be shocked at this. Well, um, and watch. I I didn't even have to watch Raw to know that Raw started with a 20-minute promo. Aha. And I'm actually going to jump right back to my list real quick because my... Number 10 on there, and yeah, we're jumping all the way from number 6 to number 10. 
cut the promo slash skit times. Having each episode begin with a 20-minute acting performance is ridiculous. And yes, it did. It it was Randy Orton. um, I think I gave you a little bit of the play-by-play for when it was going on, but it was Randy Orton. He was out there. Alexa Bliss came out. Um, McIntyre came out, gave him the Claymore from out of nowhere. And but there was not an actual match. But yeah, but it's like every show when you you got to think they have three hours, okay, 180 minutes of wrestling. They just spent the first 20 of it doing a promo at the very beginning. You know, so basically one ninth of their show was gone. It's not something that you're going to talk about at work tomorrow. And apparently, apparently they've actually known about this. They've heard about people's complaints, but they said, well, we did some studies, and we showed that it's actually it's stuff that's improved and blah, blah, blah. And blah. I'm like, you look at the old wrestling shows, and yes, I do realize that the old hour-long wrestling shows were uh, full of squash matches, but they fit more matches in one hour than what Raw can fit in three, apparently. Yeah. And, and it's amazing for all this promo time that you still don't have any character development. Oh, and here's something else about when it's on TV. You know, we can't say this for pay-per-views, but on TV. Stop interrupting the matches with commercials. You can cut the stupid long promos in half and have ample time for advertising. Yeah, because every match, they'll have this 20-minute promo and they'll follow it up with a, a five-minute match that'll have two commercial breaks in the middle of it. Don't understand it. Um, time limits. I even said bring back time limits, but I think AEW actually has. Um, oh, and I don't know how you feel about these kind of matches, but I say reduce the number of multiple competitors in singles matches, i.e. triple threat, fatal four-way, flipping five-way, 66-way, etc., it's become more about someone losing without actually losing. It, it goes, I'll argue something different. You do need match variety. So I'll, I'll argue that match variety is important. Well, one way they can actually improve these is instead of just, okay, you and I, you know, we are battling for a title, and then we bring someone like our friend Rich. We bring him in. And, you know, I have the title. You want the title. You pin Rich to get the title instead of pinning me. That way you get it, and I don't look as bad because I haven't actually lost. And I think that's what they're using it uh, for a little bit too much. And so they can say, well, yeah, they, they may have lost the title, but they didn't actually lose the match type deal where there's they're not they're trying not to hurt certain people's characters but at the same time they're also burying other people by always having them lose no matter what. Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler, uh, like you said, Elias, Bray Wyatt at all the pay per views, even though he was winning everything, 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 yeah, pay per view, nope, he's losing. And if they, they if they're gonna have these triple threat matches or fatal fold matches, make them elimination matches. Right. 
You know, that way there is no controversy. You know, you lost because you lost. And by the way, don't sit there and say, well, because of triple threat, we're going to make it a no disqualification match. And because they say, well, how do you, you know, how do you do like count outs? Because there's three people in there. And then anytime they have the multiple person matches anyway, uh, give an example. It looks like there's one on TV right now. Braun Strowman, Keith Lee, and Sheamus. Well, Sheamus just rolled out of the ring. You know, well, now Braun Strowman's out of the ring, but, but Sheamus, he rolled out of the ring because these two guys, it's their turn to put it on. No, now Sheamus is back in the ring. And that's another thing. It's scripted. It, it looks too scripted to where, uh, to me, this, this doesn't make any sense. They never roll out of the ring except for these kind of matches. Um, that, that, I'd say that's one way to kind of improve those. Um, before we move on, Believe it or not, we've got you on, we're actually on a roll. It's actually time for another commercial break. And welcome back. So, you want me to continue off my list, Kyle, or do you want to add anything else? So, the the whole thing in, in your list, yeah, they're booking to not create stars. And you you watch the most recent Hell in a Cell, and Raw had their matches, SmackDown had their matches. How many rematches from the Hell in a Cell card occurred Monday night? You know, I didn't even keep track of it. I should have. Quite a few, with Jey Uso having to own up to his I guess his consequence for losing on Friday. And then you have Sasha and Bailey wrestling against this Friday in a rematch. But someone went to the pay-per-view, they immediately do the rematch the next night, and the other guy wins. Or the other girl wins. It's it's 50-50 booking. And I know that's one of your biggest pet peeves is the 50-50 booking. It it doesn't create stars. It just keeps everyone equal. And uh, you don't get over by not beating people. It's kind of like they are, instead of playing to win, they're playing not to lose. They're being a little too conservative in a way. ECW, and and this is the the ECW booking philosophy, is the company was bigger than any of the stars. So you had Shane Douglas, Raven, Taz, Sabu, Tommy Dreamer, RVD, and with one left, it just kept going. But all those different wrestlers were over. And when one left, the company was still, company was providing you all these new wrestlers, and they constantly created stars. WWE doesn't do that. Like, you don't hear a WWE chant. Or you occasionally hear an AEW one, 
And, and I even... Well, I don't think you I'll... ever will hear a WWE chant um, because they have become kind of like the big enemy in a way that needs to be toppled. They're the big bad, you know, monster needs to be toppled. Um, but you hear the ECW because they were big competitors. Um, and now you hear AEW because they're the, the young upstart. And I think now I would dare say AEW is probably bigger than Impact or Ring of Honor, even though obviously those two companies have been around a lot longer. People well, are becoming more loyal to a brand. But I don't recall anybody hearing, hearing WCW being chanted either. AEW will take over WWE in the next three years. Okay, that's a that's a that's a prediction, Kyle. We'll have to mark that. Um, be, because WW, Vince McMahon is so out of touch with the fan base and what he finds funny, and his vision of a star is stuck in the eighties and nineties. And Triple H has never been cool. And he continues to hire and rotate yes men. And one of the things about Triple H, um, and yes, I actually do respect Triple H's head for the business as far as he does have a great passion for it. He has a great knowledge of the business. Um, However, one of the things I've actually heard said about Triple H was he's not the guy who makes the money. He's the guy who works with the guy who makes the money. Right. And, you know, with him being in that executive position, how we got there, you know, is neither here nor there. Um, I mean, I do think he actually did earn his way there and not just because of, you know, who he's married to. But I'm not going to say he did everything squeaky clean either. And I'm not going to say, I mean, it's kind of documented, you know, how he's treated some people in the past. Um, and I think if he would kind of, like we said, we were saying this quite a bit, drop his ego down, let the other performers perform. If you don't think they can, they're up to it, then you need to train them because you are the one in charge of the training department. And if they're not getting trained, that's on you. Right. But... Um, but I actually said, you know, something about drop an hour from all or add an hour to SmackDown. That wouldn't make any sense now because of different networks. Oh, saw this earlier. Cut out the zooming in of the cameras. This isn't Batman from the 60s. There's no we, no need to add special effects. What special effects have they been adding? Well, when I say special effects, when they'll show somebody, um, well, just like, a couple minutes ago, Seamus, he he had um, Keith Lee back on the ropes, and he was doing his um, – what he, uh, what the heck do you call it? That where he's got him pulled back, and he's slamming him down on the chest. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the, the bro whatever. Yeah, the, yeah, the bro something. You know, well, he's doing that. Um Oh, there's another move. 
you know, where they're doing like the superplex slash whatever, where it, they're all three somehow coming down off the top rope. But anyway, another move that's repeated way too much. Um, but he's doing that, and every time his arm hits Keith Lee's chest, the camera is moving with it. And it's like, I don't need the camera to move with it. I don't need the camera to zoom in. Actually, when I've been to some of their their live shows, you know, that, well, for like Raw or even SmackDown, and I watched the cameramen just to see what they were doing when when they were slamming them or punching them or whatever, and they were actually slightly moving the camera up some. So it gives it a that kind of added oomph. And I'm like, you, you may think it's adding something to it. All it's doing is making me dizzy. Yeah, so cut it out. There's no need for all that. You know, leave the camera stationary. We can kind of see what happened. We can probably see it better. But that's just me. The, the whole thing, and, and you take any promotion, because ROH Films in Baltimore, and their tickets are not very expensive. I would rather go to an indie show. Than ROH? Than ROH. So we have Maryland Championship Wrestling. Would rather go there than ROH. You are, what, about an hour and a half away from Baltimore anyway? Right. And I'm an hour and a half away from where Maryland Championship Wrestling does their events. Oh, okay. But ROH has fallen off a lot since their heyday many years ago. And and no one can really argue that. From there, Impact Wrestling, from the highlights, they have a couple good wrestlers, like, you know, Rich Swan just won the Impact Championship. And as a uh, wrestling fan, there's not too many black heavyweight champions that have been crowned in our lifetime. And they've they've got one. They promoted Bobby Lashley, among others. And it's a great product that no one watches because of the channel they're on. Then you have AEW. For a new company, they're doing really good. Can't argue their first year success. Well, I mean, they had the financial backing where they were able to get a lot of big, big big-name stars right off the bat because their very first pay-per-view was the big surprise of Chris Jericho coming out. And then... Bret Hart actually came out. He did an appearance. Obviously, he didn't wrestle. But that was right after he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame for the second time as part of the Hart Foundation. Uh, but now, obviously, they got the Rhodes, you know, Dusty and Cody because they're helping run the joint. Um, but some of these other ones, I mean, they got Moxley, you know, Dean Ambrose or Johnny B. Good. He ought to just go by his real name. I think that'd be even better. And But you have... In AEW, you have time limits, and you have win-loss records. Yes. 
which mm-hmm. the next has to matter are rules because you can't have rule breakers unless you have rules. What is the dark order? Like, what's their deal? You tell me. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no clue. The last time I watched them, and like I said, I mean, that's totally my fault for the way I should. The Dark Order, it seemed like something was like, okay, this is, should be good, but it almost seemed like they were, it was like NWO light in a way. But except for it was when the NWO got way too watered down because they had way too many people in it. And they were just kind of floundering. It's like, oh, okay, looks like they're going to do something. And then they just kind of became more of an annoyance. Um, it's just kind of like this whole, this retribution crap that was going on. Um, and now they have Mustafa Ali running it, which I, I actually like Mustafa. Um, but it's... But, again, it goes to anything on retribution... And you can argue that we're not big fans of. Right. And they kind of went away from that a little bit because I'm I'm pretty sure somebody probably pointed that out to them. It's kind of in bad taste to have them look like a certain political group. They have goofy names. Mace, T-Bar, Slapjack. Whatever the girl's name is. And then Mustafa Ali. Got to give us some kind of credibility. If he'd stop getting hurt. And now, Vince McMahon, and this is a weird thing. This shows how out of touch he is. You take away Matt Riddle's name, and you're going to call him Riddle. Yeah, and that was actually something that uh, Jordan and I, we talked about yesterday. You know, he asked me my feelings on it, and I'm like, <sighs> you know, some people you can get away with just calling them by one of their names. Riddle, to me, it, it seems like it's very incomplete. You know, you can't call him Riddler because then you're dealing with copyright issues, but... Goldberg made sense. Yes. Big E does not. Big E Langston? He was Big E Langston. Um, who's the other? Because they did it with Rusev. Yeah, because he was and, Alexander Rusev. Uh, and they kept changing the country he was from. Well, that's because he was about to get his lips beat in when he went back home. I mean, what's next? Are they going to call Bray Wyatt? Wyatt? No, nah, that I don't think that would, would ever fly. I think they need to bring back the Wyatt family. But another one, and I literally just had this right here. Oh, oh, Mustafa Ali. There for a little bit, they were just calling him Mustafa. You know, that one actually still kind of fit. I mean, that's the one name you could actually get away with using, and it actually doesn't take away from anything. No, but I don't. What's the lion? Well, I know it's part of the Lion King, <laughs> but uh, but look at Charlotte Flair. She was Charlotte Flair. Then she was Charlotte. 
and then she was back to Charlotte Flair again. And and it's and Shorty G or Chad, don't even get me started on him. Good wrestler, but all the name changes with him. And I was like, uh, what are y'all trying to do with him? You know, or put all the effort into Carmella. And you recently book, or you do all the vignettes of a beautiful blonde girl doing hair and makeup and whatever. And what have they done with their sense? I, I don't know what they're trying to do with her right now. Um, and she was actually one that a few years ago when they put her with somebody, it may have been with James Ellsworth or whoever she was with, right? Oh, it may have been with our truth actually. And my daughter asked me, she's like, why do they keep putting her with, with people? Do they not think that she can do it on her own? And I actually had to point out to her, I said, they're not putting her with people because she needs to be with somebody. They're putting her because the other people need to be with somebody. I said, there's a big difference. I mean, and she's, great at actually helping people out and making them look stronger. Yeah, she doesn't she can handle it on her own, but she's helping somebody else and that's the reason why they pair her up with people. And then she and then she got it after uh, explained it like that. But right now with this thing they're showing her putting on the makeup and actually the last uh, I think it was last Friday when they showed her doing that, I actually thought it was Charlotte Flair for a second. But um but one of the things we we've kind of mentioned this before. Uh, actually, you already said uh, one of my things was put more emphasis on tag teams and stables, you know, slash factions. They're kind of putting emphasis on factions and stables, but not on tag teams. Right. So, so they need to kind of. Um, well, they had the Street Profits. That's one tag team that I could think of off the top of my head. And they're a very good team. Um, yeah. They- the New Day. Um, even though you can kind of tell they're trying to split them up, they've already knocked a third of it off. But you know, but oh, but also bring back managers. Yeah, you know, and I even said some guys and girls are just not good at promos. Don't let them speak. Give them a mouthpiece. It can add mystery to the character, plus the possibility of interference. They're starting to do that now because we mentioned before they. They gave um, Roman Reigns, you know, Paul Heyman now as a mouthpiece. Um, why is the Undertaker giving a tombstone pod driver to a, a pumpkin? Anyway, um, but they also, Bobby Lashley with MVP as the mouthpiece. And I think that's a perfect pairing because Bobby Lashley, I mean, you know, like uh, like Conrad said, Bobby Lashley's, you know, you look up, say, okay, give me the, a picture of somebody who's supposed to look, be a wrestler. You say, that's Bobby Lashley. Yeah, he looks like what a wrestler should look like. You know, he's got a good move set, you know, great look, and just he can be mean and everything. But then he talks, and he has, like, one of the most softest voices, and it's kind of hard to think that he's going to be intimidating. Right. Yeah. You know, but MVP is a great promo. And so he adds to that. And the Hurt Business, I mean, I think that's, you know, I, I think if they let them, if they let it keep rolling, I think they'll be good. They just need to decide, are they going to be heels or are they going to be faces? 
You know, you can't have them be heels when they're going against somebody like R-Truth, but then turn around and have them going against Retribution. I think the hard thing, and this goes to all products, is long-term direction. Yes. I just don't see it. Well, one of the other things I said, and I know we've said this in the past too, if the majority of the fans boo, that wrestler is a heel. If the majority of the fans cheer, that wrestler is a face. Act accordingly with any needed changes. Sometimes they get it, sometimes they don't. Most of the time they don't. Right. Um one of the things, and I don't know how you feel about this, but keep sensitive personal issues out of storylines. I'm not a fan of when they start bringing in, okay, Jeff Hardy has had documented drug problems. Why are you making that part of the storyline? You know, um, Jake Roberts, same thing. You know, he had problems with drugs as well in the past and alcohol. And they were making that part of the storyline. Um, same thing with Road Warrior Hawk. And then the the issues with Matt Hardy and Lita and Edge and that whole thing going on, when you find out that was a real situation, and all of a sudden they're broadcasting it out for the entire world to see. To me, that didn't do anything for anybody. Um, I would also say, and this isn't necessarily something that, that starts out as a sensitive personal issue, but it, they, it has the potential of becoming an issue, is do not have real-life couples all of a sudden split up on screen when they're still a couple in real life. And if you're trying to push it um, like they're also a couple in real life, and the reason I'm saying this, best example was Kevin Sullivan, Nancy Sullivan, who on screen was having an affair with Chris Benoit. And so he, Kevin Sullivan said, y'all travel together and everything. Well, and we know what eventually became of that. A real-life affair uh, happened. And that's why I'm just – I'm not a fan of things like that because of the potential for disaster. I – with today's market and access to information and a different issue with social media, Twitch, YouTube, all that, you almost have to use real life in storylines to keep legitimacy or to be real. There's some lines that don't need to be crossed, though. Um, and actually, one of, the, one of the most tasteless examples I can think of, and I don't blame some people for getting pretty pissed about this, was when they brought up Reed Flair. And then they had Paige, all boo-hoo-hoo, he was a loser, things like that. And Rick Flair was pretty steamed, and so was Beth Flair, because Rick was never consulted about it. And... 
you know, for them to bring his dead son, you know, real life situation, his son died of a drug overdose, and to bring that into a storyline, and then to say, oh, he was nothing but a loser. Yeah, that to me is crossing some lines. That's what I'm saying. You know, don't go there. <laughs> yeah, let's let's go with an old '90s phrase. Don't go there. I think with today's fan and access to information and history, you delegitimize the product if you don't go there. The proper thing would have been to talk to Ric Flair, Beth Flair, if that was going to be used. I don't think Ric Flair would have ever gone for it, though. But that's a different issue. Now, the substance abuse stuff has been... There's never been an entertaining storyline that's come out of that. And yet, they keep trying. And now the the Edge and Lita pairing after the Matt Hardy breakup, that made Edge a main event player. I think so, he would have been he would have been a main event player anyway. Because I mean, but Edge Edge had it. But the angle as they did it, as he turned into the rated R superstar, that worked. And they were also they were also crossing some lines, and I'm pretty sure some censors uh, for the TV shows were probably losing their minds when they're like, "There are they really doing that in a bed in the middle of the ring?" And oh my, um, I think we just saw part of Lita a little bit too much of Lita there. But that's a again when you have the content that they had, which was TVMA at the time you're applying a personal bias to a product that was TVMA that you're knowingly watching. If you truly felt that way about certain things that you're seeing, you would turn off the product. I wasn't watching at the time. So I found out about it later, but I actually was not watching it at the time. So that that's the thing, uh, PG product. That's a different issue. It's a PG PG product now, and, and PG thirteen or whatever they were doing for Raw Underground, which is thankfully gone. I don't know what they were thinking with that. I mean, what a way to get some of these guys on TV that they weren't able to before because of the pandemic. But having that where it almost looks like borderline. Brawl for all, but we know it's not brawl for all. Uh, it, it was trying to pr- promote a different product. That it, it all goes back to basic concepts of storytelling. What are your motivations? Are what is your character? Are you a good guy or a bad guy? Are you winning or losing? And that's basic storytelling. We can't name a good character. You can't name 
a wrestler that's won four matches this month or last month. And Angle uh, did. Roman Reigns, I think he had no. He he only fought three matches, or maybe one match. Okay, you're right. You um. You can't talk about an angle that's occurred on television that you tell someone else about, or a wrestler that's cool where you'd want to buy their merchandise. Which is why all the retro stuff on Pro Wrestling Tees sells more than current. My last point that I had, and I feel very, very strongly about this one, I should probably have it as my number one, but I'm just going to lay it out there. Punjabi prison matches are stupid. It should never happen on television again. There, And I said what I said. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> Oh, when I didn't see the original Punjabi Prison match, I just saw the one with Randy Orton and... Um, well, the original was even worse. Really? Uh, yeah, that, Jen, Jinder Mahal, that's his name. That goes to a different thing that it's a stereotype that Indian wrestlers should have Punjabi Prison matches. That was uh, well. For one thing, it was hard to watch. I mean, like literally hard to watch because of the way that structure was set up. And then I was like, somebody's going to get hurt, like legitimately hurt or stabbed with some of those those things. And and uh, oh Lord, here's another repeated spot. Sorry to kind of. Um, they're already clear, clearing off the commentator's desk because you know somebody's going to get slammed through it. Every single show, somebody's going to get slammed on the commentator's desk. But anyway, but yeah, that Punjabi thing. Uh, uh, worst match I think I've – one of the worst matches I've ever seen. Wrestling is – in, instead of becoming an event, it's becoming a television show. And if ratings continue the way they're going, would you want to be USA Network or Fox paying $500 million for this? I wouldn't. Um, I, I, I won't even punish my DVR cord raw right now. Uh, kind of like what I'm doing. I am not going to fast forward it. I can't even tell you all honestly look at the highlights unless I'm doing cardio in the gym in the morning. It's it's not worth it. It's not worth the lack of sleep which is a different issue. There's nothing cool about the product. There's not a an overstar. And Chris Jericho has been entertaining on AEW, but I can't say I'm going to skip something to watch wrestling. Yep. And so what you didn't realize, we have now on almost an hour and a half 
with this. And so uh, we're actually going to have to go ahead and start wrapping this up. Uh, and so uh, we'll go ahead and we will take our last commercial break. So, Kyle, uh, I think this is a very good show, and I think we will probably continue this conversation in the future in some way, shape, or form, uh, but not next week. Do you remember what we're doing next week? Because I'm actually looking forward to it. Well, after pumping out my 22 push-ups for the second day in a row, <laughs> just saying, remember 22 veterans a day. Yes. I am. We are having a discussion of wrestlers who are military veterans, and we're bringing back the top ten list. We're going to discuss wrestlers who were honorably or dishonorably discharged from the service that they volunteered to join in. Well, I'll tell you, we might discuss somebody who's dishonorably discharged, but they will not make my top ten, and they should not make anybody's top ten because dishonorably is dishonorable. But, I mean, we can discuss that as well. But as far as top tens go, that will be reserved for honorable. We have Since we've expanded to an hour and a half, we can actually discuss more because I don't think this should just be left to uh, just ten uh, folks anyway because I don't know if you've already started researching this, but there's a lot more than ten wrestlers who are also veterans. There's quite a few. And one day we need to discuss wrestlers who did time in jail. <laughs> uh, how much time? It doesn't matter. Time yeah, well, in jail. Time well, in jail. <laughs> well, some of them have done time actually fairly recently, like one night. Um, as I'm saying, do you want like time just in the drunk tank from a DUI, or do you want... Like for legitimate crimes, because serving time in jail is kind of like being a military veteran. Okay, so we'll, we'll include people who may have done you know, a couple of years in jail for robbing a Burger King. Hey, yes, fo- yes, folks, that is a real thing. So it'll be an interesting discussion to talk about honorable veterans in celebration of Veterans Day, which is coming up next week. Yep, because this is something that is near and dear to mine and, and Kyle's hearts because he and I both are veterans. And this one that we actually planned this one out, what, three, four months ago? We said on on November 9th, actually I think it was we were going to say November 10th because we were on Tuesdays at the time. But now we're saying November 9th, we are, that's going to be slotted, earmarked for top ten veterans. So we hope to hear from everyone uh, throughout the week. Please let us know who did. I know I have some live listeners right now. Uh, thank you guys for listening in. Uh, and, I'm, yeah, definitely give us feedback. And if y'all want the number to call in, I thought I provided the number, but if I haven't, let me know because we would love to hear from you, you know, live on the show, and then that way you'll be immortalized forever. So, Kyle, my friend, we will definitely be uh, keeping in contact this week in the next show. So until then, um, I hope the rest of your week goes well, and we'll talk talk throughout the week. You too, man. All right, dude. See ya.